We'll begin our reading this evening in Genesis chapter 37, beginning at verse 1. Genesis chapter 37, we'll read the first 11 verses of chapter 37 of the book of Genesis. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Bilhah, and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that his father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. And so he he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I And your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you. And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. This technically, this chapter, is the continuation of Jacob's story. It says this is Jacob's history. But then immediately we are introduced to Joseph, or Joseph becomes the focus. And that's because God was going to preserve Jacob and the promises that were made to him and to to his descendants by way of Joseph. Joseph was going to be the instrument by which God was going to preserve Jacob and his family, and not just for Jacob's sake and not just for his descendants, but for the sake of the human race, because through Jacob was going to come the promise that through Abraham's descendants, all the nations would be blessed. And that, of course, is fulfilled by Jesus Christ, who came to die for the sins of the world. So we really begin to study Joseph's life here. And this, to me, this is one of the, the, um, the parts of Genesis that, that I enjoy the most, reading and meditating on and studying. In fact, I gave the study of Joseph's life in the camp down in in South America. And there are just so many lessons that we can learn from Joseph's life. And there there are three main ways that you can study these passages of Scripture that that deal with the events in the life of Joseph. The first way that we can look at, and, and we'll look at the last two briefly, the first one we'll kind of focus in on, but the first way that you can study it is to study Joseph's personal faith and to learn from his faith and his response to the overwhelming trials that that he had to face and and how he responded to those because he believed 
the revelation that God gave him through these dreams that we just read about. God had given him a, a promise, given him a, a vision, a, a revelation of what God's plan was for Joseph. He was going to sit on a throne. And that revelation and, and Joseph's faith in that revelation kept him steady through everything that he experienced. And so there, there are a lot of lessons that we're going to focus on as we study that. We'll probably look at these last two first and, and briefly, but the second way that you can study Joseph's life is to see how that God sovereignly used Joseph and what he experienced in order to preserve the nation of Israel and to preserve those promises that began really back with when Adam fell and the promise of the seed of the woman that would be victorious. Well, then that was amplified as we come to the promises made to Abraham and his descendants, now passed down to, to Jacob. And so how God sovereignly throughout the history of man preserved this one family, which became a nation, but everything that they experienced and everything that they could have experienced and that other nations and other tribes and other people experienced in life that, that destroyed and wiped off the face of the planet, many other tribes and nations. But why is this little family, this little people, this nation, why is it still around? It's because God sovereignly protects Israel in order to protect his promises made by grace to Abraham to bring in the Savior and then to bring Israel into that that kingdom age that has been promised to Israel all through their history. And so we'll, we can study that and we'll look at a couple of those points, how God ordered events for this sole purpose. And then lastly, we can see Joseph and study him as a type of Christ. There are many things that Joseph typifies that Christ was the fulfillment of. And so we'll look at these three different ways to study his life. God had made some very specific promises to Abraham that could only be fulfilled through Abraham's natural descendants, promises that only God could make and know that they would be fulfilled because many centuries passed from the time that these promises were made until they were fulfilled. And then there are some yet to Israel that are yet to be fulfilled. And yet we see this little people, this nation, is still around. All the hostility and how almost every nation where the Jews have been, at some point there have been people that have blamed them for all of society's problems. Our economy, it's the fault of the Jews. They're stealing all the money. Uh, disease plagues. It's the Jews. They're dirty. All through history, men have tried to wipe Jews off the face of the earth. And that, not to mention all the natural disasters and wars and everything else that, that other people experience and, and many do not survive. But this people, they've survived all of this time. Why? The very history, the very existence of the Jewish nation is one of the greatest evidence that Jehovah is God, and there is none other. He continues to 
protect and provide. And, and Joseph is going to be one of those instruments in his time that God uses to see that that happens. Not coincidence, not happenstance, but God sovereignly ordered the events in Joseph's life. Life is so fragile, so full of tragedies, but God watches over his people. And when you understand that the God of Israel is your father, that should bring you great comfort. In whatever trial you're going through, God will show himself faithful. He won't abandon you. Even when we have failed him, he'll never fail us. He's the same sovereign God, except for we can call him Abba, Father. Isaiah 46. Isaiah 46 and verses 8 to 11. This is Israel's God, and this is our Father. Remember this, and show yourselves men. Recall to mind, O you transgressors, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. Only God can do that. His knowledge is perfect. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. And he gives an example here of one of the prophecies he made. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country. Indeed, I have spoken it. And I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it. I will also do it. Now that's true concerning his plans and purposes and promises to the nation of Israel. And we've seen it time and time again in history. But it's also true of you. God has plans for you. He has plans for me. He's purposed them. Who's going to stop him? Who's going to keep God from causing all things to work together for my good? He said that was his promise to me. Who's going to stop him? And how does he know everything's going to work out? You ever had somebody tell you, say, it'll be all right? And you just want to say, well, how do you know? Well, God said so, and he does know. Now, someone else who tells you that who's just a, a born optimist, optimists aren't always right. They don't always know when they say it's going to be all right. But when your Heavenly Father says it's going to be all right, you can trust him. He knows the end from the beginning. That that's, brings such comfort when you're in the midst of the storm, when you don't know how it's going to end, and it doesn't look all right, and it doesn't look like it's going to end all right. God will see to it, just like he did with the promises made to Israel. First Peter 1, verses 3 to 9. This is our hope. These are our promises, and we can know that they're going to come to pass. First Peter 1, verses 3 to 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, that is, if it's the will of God, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, this passage, as, you, as we study the life of Joseph, we'll see that these principles were true. He didn't have this passage. He didn't know these words, and yet Joseph lived these principles. 
that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We have promises. We have an inheritance that's reserved for us, and we are reserved for it. How can we know that? Well, look at God's track record with the nation of Israel, and then know he cannot lie. Psalm 46, and verses 1 to 11. Whatever you go through, no matter how overwhelming, and again, when in the context of Joseph's life, we see how that plays out in real-life events. I mean, these aren't just theological concepts. These are promises from your father. And we see that reality working in Joseph's life in some very real human experiences. And so we need to take these scriptures that for most of us are so familiar. None of what we're going to study is probably new to any of you. So familiar, but we need to take it out of the classroom and apply it in these real life situations that we go through. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, if we believe that, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. That's some pretty drastic things going on there. Though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Selah, pause, think about it. There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord. Who has made desolations in the earth? He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. These are references to many times when God intervened on behalf of Israel and overcame their enemies that were overwhelming. Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. What, a, what an exhortation. Has the Holy Spirit ever ministered that to you when you were kind of in a, having a tizzy fit about some situation or circumstance? And what am I going to do? How is this going to come out? And be still. Cease from your fretting and know that I'm God. And know that all things work together for your good. Because I'm God, because I'm your Father, he will be exalted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. So as we study, continue Jacob's life and now Joseph's life, the God of Jacob is our God. He's our refuge. He's our protection. Joseph is also a wonderful type of Jesus Christ. Joseph was chosen by God to save Jacob's family. Jesus was the Son of God, chosen to save the human race. Joseph was beloved by his father. Jesus, God the Father, said, Behold, 
This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Jesus was loved by his father. Joseph was hated by his brothers and his message and his mission were rejected by his own family. Jesus was born a Jew and the Jews rejected him. He was their Messiah. He was their deliverer and they rejected him just like Joseph's brother rejected and despised him and and Jesus was despised and hated as a blasphemer. Joseph was reported as dead, and apparently those dreams that he had, they weren't going to come about because Joseph is dead. Of course, his brothers lied to his father. He wasn't actually dead, but as far as Jacob knew, he, he was dead. But then Joseph comes back on the scene. Joseph's alive. He's the one who's going to bring the salvation. Jesus, of course, literally died. And can you imagine being one of Jesus' disciples and seeing all the miracles and hearing his words? And this is the Christ. This is the one that was always promised. This is the Messiah. And then to watch him die such a cruel, agonizing death. Can you imagine the depths of despair after you had such high hopes? He's dead. Everything he promised, everything that we thought he was going to fulfill, they're all gone. But he rose again. Death couldn't hold him. Joseph was just a shadow of that figure. But Jesus was the fulfillment of those figures. I think we'll stop there tonight before we'll start looking at Joseph's personal faith and what an example he is to us of how we should respond in times of severe testing. Let's stand. We'll be dismissed.